The economy is getting back underway, and with it, the world of pro sports. For me, that means covering practices again at Hallis Hall, where I get to see Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles go head-to-head in the Bears quarterback competition. Great stuff every day, fun stuff every day. So stay ahead of the curve with the unparalleled tools of two world-class news desks, covering developments across finance, economics, technology, and sports. Subscribe to Bloomberg.com, and if you are not already an Athletic subscriber, for a limited time, receive a complimentary subscription to The Athletic. Go to Bloomberg.com backslash subscribe to sign up today. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stompers. Stompers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago. It's Adam Hogue. I actually do think first impressions at the start of camp, when the pads come on, especially for rookies, can be very impactful. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Of course, we all want to see the quarterbacks, but the depth chart is partially revealed. It always is in the training camp practices. Now, here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. Well, 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 actual football to talk to you about today. It is a glorious feeling, Adam Johns. <laughs> That's one way to put it. I. It feels great. Yeah, glorious is a good way to describe the past two days of episode. Considering what we've gone through, yes, it does feel quite glorious. I, I'm not going to lie, though. When, uh, when our friend Mark Potash texted us last night, jokingly, around 7 o'clock, and said, Brickstone 7.30? I was uh, I both laughed and cried because it was a funny text, um, but I actually was like, "Damn, I kind of wish we'd go to Brickstone right now." Like it's really training. I camp. did miss it. Yes, absolutely, yeah. I did miss it. The the hanging out with the guys, having a few beers, and starting over the next day. It's it's, it's been different, but it's good to watch football. It's just not the same hanging out with our wives and children like we have every <laughs> single day for five. Months. No, I love I love them very much. And I do love the commute from my house to Hell's Hall, which is a lot shorter than it uh, was to Bourbon. Anyway, uh, more importantly to uh, our listeners here is that uh, we have football things to discuss. Practices we have watched. The pads are on. Uh, there's some something somewhat normal still about these practices, I'd say, uh, despite the fact that we're all wearing masks out there and the fish man won't come within 12 feet of us. I was going to say 18. Yeah, he's got he's he's all about the distance. I mean, I know he didn't really like us, but he doesn't have to be rude about it. <laughs> away, away, away. <laughs> but here we are. So let's break it down, Johns. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. And uh, you can, of course, read all of our stuff from practice, quarterback, breakdowns, takeaways on all kinds of things. Um, and that is up John's and stuff at the athletic, theathletic.com, where you could be listening to this podcast. Uh, you go to the athletic.com slash Hogan Johns, you get 40% off all this great coverage. 
uh, that both Johnsy and the socially distanced one, Kevin Fishbane, have for you. My quarterback reports from the last two days are up at NBCSportsChicago.com. I'll break down what Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky are doing. Please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that, especially as we enter into um, what we hope will be a full season of football coming up here. Tell your friends about it. Uh, Right now, we love talking football. I'm so happy there's actual football to talk about. And uh, hopefully let uh, other Bears fans know that they can get the Hogan Johns podcast and hear all of this. But the best way I can sum up the first two days that we've been able to watch, Johns, Nick Foles one day one, Mitch Trubisky one day two. So where are you going with your meter? It's back in the middle. I saw the nice graphic you had. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to the NBC Sports Chicago team for that. Uh, We do have a graphic that slides, which, you know, towards... Yesterday was towards Foles' side. I'll tell you this. I thought Trubisky more decisively won today than Foles won yesterday. So I actually slid that meter past the even point. Ooh, it's a big uh, jump there. Yeah. Now, it's still only slightly on Trubisky's side. But But he was already slightly on the other side. He was losing yesterday. I got him winning now. I thought, and you know what? This is actually what I wrote about in my uh, quarterback takeaways today. So far, these first two days, it played out how I thought. Not necessarily in the results, but how this thing's getting decided. I still believe this is up to Trubisky to either win or lose. He either wins the trust of the coaching staff or he doesn't. When Mitch is going to have good days, and I thought this applied today, he looks like way more of a playmaker than Nick Foles does. Nick Foles is the facilitator. He's not going to take a ton of risk. Most of like the things I have to, I mean, I, I, I've been charting every single pass. And when I have the check marks down for falls, there's nothing too amazing about what he's doing out there. He's just doing his job. But guess what? If Trubisky can't prove that he can just do his job and not commit the crucial mistakes, then the Bears are perfectly fine with going with the facilitator, Nick Foles. That's why they brought him here. But they're still trying to give... Mitch the chance to go out and show he can be the playmaker they would prefer to have. That's how I think this thing breaks down. Day one, I honestly didn't think either of them looked that great, but Mitch made the crucial mistake that Nick Foles didn't. Today, not only did Mitch look much better, I thought there were some accuracy issues, but I thought he looked much better overall. He made plays, and it was actually Foles that had two crucial passes that could have been picked off. Yeah, yeah, I I made note of those too. You can read about that right now. On the athletic, as you listen, technology, what a great thing. The cringeworthy throws today belong to Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. The first cringeworthy throw of camp that we were able to see, that belonged to Mitchell Trubisky on Monday. How's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. You know, some defensive backs entered the coverage area. <laughs> <laughs> they entered and, the and near, meeting. Yes, yes, they entered his meeting today on the field and nearly had a couple interceptions. The second one in the end zone was very like, ooh, what are you doing there? Like, I get it's practice. You, you still are able to take a few risks that you wouldn't usually attempt uh, during a regular season game or, or, or the playoffs, heck, even a preseason game. But, yes, definitely made note of those throws. And there were some – like, I, I know you made note of Trubisky's accuracy on some things, but there were some were like, oh – there's some zip on that ball. Yeah. Tight areas to some tight ends over the middle. I know it was only seven on sevens, but there was some velocity on some of Trubisky's throws today into the red zone. 
No, and, and I, I thought that he put had some really nice ball placement on some throws in the past he's missed. You know, his first throw of the day was kind of a back shoulder to Cole Komet near the pylon in the end zone, and Komet didn't bring it down. Second, second day in a row, by the way, the rookie tight ends had a chance to make a play there, and he didn't. Not too worried about that. I, I liked where the ball was placed, though, on that. Now, we're standing in the opposite corner, so... You know, I think there's always a, somewhat of an asterisk in everything we're, we're seeing here. And we don't always know the decision-making that's going on behind the scenes, obviously like the coaching staff does. But it was throws like that that I thought looked good. My, my complaint about the accuracy, there was just a couple throws. One was actually caught just a little low. And that's the kind of stuff they're looking for. Like John Filippo said, that that's, they're going to hyper-analyze that even on – you know, plays that are completed, uh, where, where's the ball placement? Ball placement's key. So I thought on some of the tougher throws, Mitch had great ball placement. I thought on some shorter ones where he's got to hit the guy in stride, uh, it, the ball was a little low. And there was one play in particular with Jimmy Graham where uh, Graham probably could have caught it but didn't because the ball was down towards his knees. Yeah, that was not too long after the the scrap, right, between D. Ambush. At least that's what my notes By say. the way, you might read about that in the little uh, melee. Melee. Did you write about it? I did. I haven't had a chance to read your thing yet. Um, did you mention that it was a great tackle? It was a good form tackle. I mean, I was gonna say like everyone like gets <laughs> yes. excited when there's a fight in practice, but like I kind of understood where Deion Bush was coming from. He he saw Jimmy Graham catch the ball. He's headed towards the sticks for a first down. He just instinctively tackled the guy. It was a great play. Yeah, my one objection, I, I guess, to that, and, and we'll we'll get to this in a little bit later but like that was after the the very dominant one-on-one session uh or one-on-one period that the tight ends had I, yeah. I would say against the defensive backs including the ambush where Jimmy Graham is literally leaping over some of these guys and then not only making the touchdown catch but then spiking the football halfway across the field or, or even better yet Adam throwing the football 40 yards across the field yeah <laughs> After he scores. And he wasn't the only one doing it. Cole Komet got into it. Demetrius Harris got into it. This Jimmy Graham energetic vibe or whatever that is, the, the swagger, if you want to call it that, it's for real. At least today it felt for real uh, as he kept – like he spiked the ball a lot today. We'll just keep it at that. Like th- there was a lot of celebrating being done by Jimmy Graham in that tight end room today on the football field. You know, we can go right to that right now. I, I have it in my notes. Jimmy Graham, it's been two days of practice, but I've been really impressed with two things. One, I, okay, I don't know if he can stay healthy. I don't know if he's still the guy once you get in a regular season. You know, it was doing all the Jimmy Graham's, Jimmy Graham things he used to do. But I'll tell you, in these two practices, he looks like that Jimmy Graham. He's He's been very impressive with his athletic ability, his route running, all the things that you've seen in those highlights for years that's the guy we've seen in practice the last two days again have no idea if that's going to hold up when the regular season comes because of his age and all that um but i'm impressed what i didn't necessarily know about jimmy graham is how much of a vocal leader type guy he is i mean he is making his presence known on the field you mentioned the celebrations after some of these catches but he's getting out there and after you can see him vocally talking to a, a lot of different players and I think he's made an impression on Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles so far. I think he's made an impression on everybody. Matt Nagy loves it. I feel like some coaches would see a player throw the ball across the field in celebration and kind of cringe at that. 
But I think what you're seeing is a response that wasn't there last year from the offense to the defense. That's why I wanted to ask Matt Nagy. Do you want to play the Nagy quote before we get into this a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So should we set up what was going on in those one-on-ones? Okay, so there are two simultaneous drills going on uh, on opposite ends of the field. You have uh, one-on-one drills going on be- between the defensive backs and the against the tight ends and wide receivers while they're doing some uh, run drills with the offensive line and quarterbacks are going back and forth. But the competition really took off in the one-on-one drills to the point where Matt Nagy left the other drill and came across the field and had a few words of what we'll call it his own version of trash talk, uh, trash talking encouragement, we'll call it. Like he wanted to get involved in what was going on on the opposite side of the field. That, that's how energetic, that's how spirited and, and fun it was to see these guys go after each other. So here's what Nagy had to say about this part of practice uh, earlier today. Well, I, w- I was really happy, really with both sides. Uh, you know, obviously the tight ends uh, jumped out to our eyes down there. there there's some nice-sized tight ends that have some really good ball skills. And so it's a great challenge when our safeties are covering them or linebackers or if you put a deep, uh, you know, a corner out there for that that matter. But why go out there and just be dry and just play football and not have fun while you're doing it? And I think what you saw was you saw a little bit of trash talking, a little bit of energy, a little bit of juice, a little bit of passion. And that's what we want. It's time that we get back to that. Um, you know, be who you are. Jimmy Graham, as you saw down there, he throws a football 40 yards after practice. You know, it's just to, it's to help his teammates get him going. It's to help his quarterback. It's to say thank you for the quarterback for throwing it to him. Um, but then you, you see at the end, too, Eddie Jackson jumps up there and says, you know what, give me some of that. Let me get him one-on-one. And he does a great job and, and wins that one-on-one battle. But what do you see? At the end of practice, you see all those guys mingling together, talking about different techniques. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? To make us a better football team. So we can't have enough of that. I want more of it. I appreciate their love of the game, and uh, that's just not going to stop while we're doing this thing. So what I love about this is, again, it's the response. It's, it's Eddie Jackson, your all-pro safety, seeing what's going on, and then wanting a piece of Jimmy Graham, like all-pro versus all-pro. I know Jimmy Graham is a few years removed from that, but Eddie Jackson – your two-time Pro Bowler sees what's going on, and this guy is dominating the defensive backs, and he wants to respond. So, just maybe we're overanalyzing this, but it, when Matt Nagy is so passionate about what he's getting from Graham and his tight ends, where he sees the energy stuff that wasn't there last year, where now it's the defensive backs accepting the challenge, where last year was maybe vice versa, right? Like. This could only be beneficial for the Bears as they figure out that their offense and where Graham and where Cole Komet fit into things. Yeah, I think what for for you and I who are standing right there watching this, and certainly had there been fans in attendance, they would have been thoroughly entertained with the trash talking going out back and forth between wide receivers coach Mike Furry who was keeping the score in this particular yeah. one-on-one yeah. competition uh, between the offense and the defense, and Deshae Townsend, uh, the secondary coach, who was, you know, they, they just were just as going, vocal, just as vocal. Oh, I mean, and, they, and, and this players was, were involved too. Eddie Jackson had a lot of words. This was the, I mean, the trash talk was amazing, and it was all in good fun, 
but it was very, very entertaining. But to your point, Johns, while that kind of was stealing the show, the players were feeding off it, and every rep was highly competitive between whichever wide receiver or tight end that was going up against the DB. And then it was, again, this just kind of gets more to the entertainment part of it, but this battle is going to be continuing because there's a belt that was given out to the winning yes. side. So Mike Furry's running around, uh, continuing to talk trash uh, with this belt and telling Deshae Townsend that he's got to polish it for him uh, and things like that. And now I'm probably giving too much, but it's all entertainment, so I don't think this really matters. But it's the competitive nature of practice yes. that yes. I think Matt Nagy loves. Now, to your point earlier, too, that may have contributed to Dion Bush tackling Jimmy Graham later, which did it's understandable. Cross, like it, it I, like, did cross the line. It was a good play, though. And as long as it doesn't turn into a full blown fight, there was a punch thrown. Yeah, it was. I mean, it got close to that. I think they're okay with it, but they definitely don't want to see anything like last year when Kyle Long swinging his helmet around. No, no, absolutely not. That's just egregious, and you don't want to see anything like this. It's absolutely dangerous, first yeah. of all. But yeah, it, it didn't get completely out of control. I was actually surprised at how quickly. It ended. The, the players ended it before um, even the coaches got over there. Those are, I mean, th- there's your starting tight end and potentially starting safety. So you can't have that happen, especially amongst certain players of significance like those two are. We didn't see that last year. We didn't see that a couple of years ago uh, with the tight end group. It's Maybe it's Clancy Barone. Maybe it's Jimmy Graham. Maybe it's just the size and the personalities of these new guys. But they took it to him. Like Cole Komet, for as impressive as Jimmy Graham was, did you see the celebrations of Cole Komet? He threw the ball too. Jimmy Graham would be the first person there to meet him. They did their own like type of handshake. You could tell there was a little chemistry going on there. And we don't mean to blow this out of proportion, but I can't recall seeing a scene like this that got this, like this, thoroughly competitive in a in a long time. Maybe in in the two years since we've covered Nagy, this may have been the most spirited one on one drill I, I think I've ever seen. And we had Prince Mukamar going up against Anthony Miller the past couple of years, both noted trash talkers. This still felt different. I'm still skeptical about what Jimmy Graham and Ted Ginn Jr. can realistically give this football team in terms of production over the course of a full season. But that's one of my biggest takeaways from these first two days, finally seeing these players. Because remember, we haven't seen these guys. We haven't gotten a vibe for what they're like in the spring like we normally do. It's, in Graham's case, actually with both of them, we just talked to them once uh, all summer since they were signed. I just, with both of those players... I've come away noting their veteran leadership and impact that, like, I think Jimmy Graham's going to pull something out of Cole Komet. I feel like Ted Ginn Jr., already his presence on the field, Mike Furry talking about how he's been doing this for 14 years. He must have said that a thousand times in his trash talking. <laughs> yeah. um, but the guy, I think they're they're both good influences on the young players is what I'm, what I'm trying to say. So I think there was a lot of homework done and while everyone wanted to blow the Jimmy Graham contract out of proportion and criticize it you know what the Bears are sitting here just fine with cap space as the season's getting going and 
the thing I've seen from the first two days is not only what Jimmy Graham's doing on the field, but hit the impact on the on the younger guys. And I think that's all part of the equation that was maybe missed when uh, there was so much attention put on the deal that Graham signed back in March. For further context, like do you remember the the first couple days in Denver during those joint practices where we saw Adam Shaheen and Trey Burton have a lot of success? Yeah. This was like it, maybe against some better defensive players, but times three, times four, because it was more. It, it was more plays. It was more highlight real quality. It was more players involved. And yes, we're sitting here on August 18th. There's a lot of moving pieces to this season. The quarterbacks need to figure things out, both of them, Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. But to see the the passion of the playmakers, that's encouraging. There's a reason why Matt Nagy loves that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to circle back to the quarterbacks in a second and some very interesting comments I thought from Cordero Patterson today, who we don't get to talk to a lot, but when he does, I love hearing from Cordero Patterson. There's always some honesty that he brings that I appreciate. Before we get to that, though, uh, there was one really bad thing that happened in practice today, and that was that Artie Burns brought in in the offseason to compete at cornerback towards ACL, which you hate seeing uh, in camp. We were kind of screened from it. It happened on one of the plays in the red zone, and it was on the far side of the field, so I didn't really if my Go ahead. If my notations are correct, it came on an Eric Salbert touchdown for Mitch Trubisky over the middle. Okay. All I saw was on the back end of the play, all of a sudden I saw a player starting to kneel down, and you knew somebody was hurt, and using the binoculars saw it was already burned. So um, not exactly what happened, but uh, he unfortunately tore his ACL. So from a depth standpoint, I mean, I think we're all sitting here thinking that Jalen Johnson should end up being the starter at corner, but I don't know. I like the – Artie Burns is a former first-round pick whose career hasn't gone the way it was supposed to from a first-round pick standpoint, but this is still a veteran who's another option at the position uh, if you end up with some injuries. And I'm, I don't know, I'm still, I, I, th- I still think there's a ceiling with Kevin Tolliver. Like, I know they're trying to bring an undrafted guy in and turn him into a starter, but... Uh, if the ceiling was that high for Kevin Tolliver, I don't think they would have drafted Jalen Johnson, right? So I don't think it's the end of the world, but I don't think it's a good thing that happened so early in camp. No, no, no. It's definitely – well, you already lost Trey Roberson, right? So, like, this this four-man battle is now down to two players and not by choice. You didn't cut anybody. They There's two injuries that, that have happened and have changed the competition. Yet you're, here's something I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, the Bears, whenever they praised or, or when they signed Buster Screen last year or have complimented him this year, is it's, it's his ability to play outside when needed as well. Like he has that experience. Like he may be the Bears starting nickelback, but he has starting experience on the outside as well. So it's good to have that veteran on your roster. Maybe that, in, that changes the competition between Duke Shelley and, and Kendall Vildor. Um, Maybe that's more encouraging, but I, I think looking forward, keep Buster Screen's name, um, put it into the mix when considering the competition at cornerback on the outside right now. Yeah, he does have that experience. 
And I remember reading a story in the off season that was maybe a year too old from a Jets site that the gist of it was actually that Screen's time playing outside in New York wasn't as bad as people made it out to seem. Like the tape was actually okay. That's a good point. That that is something that we should keep in mind there. Um, but an unfortunate blow to the cornerback depth as Artie Burns goes down. Uh, and the defense now down three players, Eddie Goldman, Jordan Lucas, and Artie Burns so far this season. Want to circle back, though, on the, the Mitch Trubisky stuff. So Cordero Patterson, let me first say, the Cordero Patterson talk the last couple days. Actually, it goes back to last week because I know this was like an NFL Network report. Uh, he is in the running back room more. I think this is a giant smoke screen. <laughs> <laughs> what? If, if this Please was, explain yourself. Because okay. we've seen him two days at practice take a lot of handoffs from the quarterbacks. I understand. But if there was like this big plan to unleash Cordell Patterson as a running back. Oh, okay, yes. Okay, yes. I don't think it would be every headline in the world right now and every outlet that covers the Chicago Bears is my point. Uh, we've seen this before. We've seen Patterson have some success at running back a couple years ago in New England. Um, it worked. I feel like every, not every time, because he did have that huge run against uh, Denver in week in, two, in week two, and then proceeded to get, I, I think, fifteen more carries the rest of the season. And it seemed like every single time he got a hand up off the middle, it, he was it was a tackle for a loss. So, look, there, there's not a ton of options at running back, but just because he's like working with the running backs more, I don't think he's just suddenly going to be this breakout star running back for the Chicago Bears. I guess is my point. Yeah, he's still going to be. That gimmicky guy. What's Snaggy's name for him? The Trojan Man? He's the Trojan Man. Ah, the Trojan Man. That's right. The Trojan Man. So he still has that job description. (laughs) Actually, let me, let's clarify that. I don't think that's Snaggy's nickname for him. No. Position. (laughs) I think that's the position. Yeah. And wasn't there a player that repeated that or something and said, and did the Trojan Man song? Yeah. I feel like that's what happened there. Do they still have that jingle? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard it. I digress. Um, yeah, David Montgomery's like going to... His hands on more balls. <laughs> you're, you're going there, Mr. Og. You're going there. Um, David Montgomery's still going to be your leader in carries, and Tariq Cohen will still be number two. I, I think the the Bears actually have something in mind for uh, Ryan Nall that's... I don't know. Maybe we could discuss that in a later podcast as we see more uh, at practice and ask Nagy about it more specifically. But I, I think there's something in store coming for him as well out of the backfield and doing a few different things. Well, Ryan Pace has randomly brought up Ryan Nall like in every press conference he's done. There's always like that one Ryan Nall mention. And it's been going on for two years. So eventually he's got to be in the mix, right? Well, usually it's CBS, you know, Chicago's Chris Emma bringing him up for, you know, any reason and every reason, but you know, he is just going to throw it out there. Just seeing what we're seeing at practice. It seems like Nagy has something in mind for, uh, this will be his what? Second year, third year, third second, year, I believe. third year. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a, a role being penciled out for him in, in the offense in some capacity. Chris. Nice. You're not listening, Chris. <laughs> that was Juan Castillo. Yes. 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 
The good stuff. All right. Uh, no, we love Chris Emma. Uh, Matt Nagy's always been kind of the past half full kind of guy. Um, Cordell Patterson. I had. I thought he had the quote of the day, though. It wasn't the quote of the day you thought was the quote of the day, though. Because <laughs> we both tweeted similar things about quote of the day. My CP quote of the day was on Nick Foles. Quote, the first thing when I saw him, like... F, he's big. I thought I was big, but he's a big human. Yeah, yes. Uh, I like he is that. tall. He is a big guy. I, I, I think the fish man mentioned that today. Oh, you forget he's six foot six. Nick Foles is that tall. It's actually hard to s- sometimes tell Nick Foles and uh, Tyler Bray apart because they're very similar in size out there. They're both really tall guys, and one's wearing eight and one wears nine. When was it Tyler Bray number nine last year? I think he may have been. Yes, so I, I've caught myself on that. Oh, here comes Tyler Bray. Oh, wait, it's Nick Foles again. Like, uh, Right, that's uh, what I'm, I yeah. I could be completely wrong on this, but I'm, I'm having these thoughts during practice. Just, just you know, just relaying them, you know, the, the thought process to you. I, I think you're right. No, but... Mike Glennon was another tall quarterback who wore a number eight. He was. And Kevin Fishbane is definitely his little brother. Or actually probably big brother. Kevin Fishbane's got to be older than Mike Glennon. I think he is. Anyway, the more notable Cordero Patterson stuff was on Mitch Trubisky. This is what he had to say. He he actually looks like a whole new player this year, man, is – it's just, I just see it in his eyes each and every day, man. He, he's got that fire on him. So, you know, that's what we need out of our quarterbacks, man, that, that competition. You know, it, it brings the best out of everybody. So I'm excited to see him and Nick can do, you know, compete for that job. So it's going to be a good year. All right. So, Johns, w- w- with that first quote, especially as it reads on Twitter, I was trying to find a way to tweet it because the the main part in there was – he actually looks like a whole new player. I see it in his eyes. And speaking of eyes, I had visions of every single person reading that quote on Twitter and rolling their eyes. Yeah. Because they've heard that before with Mitch Trubisky. So I was honestly sitting there with that quote kind of in my tweet deck, hadn't sent it out yet. And there was a follow-up question. Based on that, what he had said earlier, and this was the, the, the follow-up, the what I thought was the more meaningful addition to that previous quote from Cordell Patterson, this is what he had to say. It's only my second second year with him, but I could just tell, you know, been in the league uh, a couple of years, man, just just seeing the way he he's grown, you know, from year one to year two with me, and the way he just he handling that thing. Now he, if I feel like he's he's been a more leader, you know, last year I didn't feel like he was, he was that guy, but this year I feel like he's taking over. He, he wants everybody to know he he's that guy, and we can come to him when we need something, and he's doing that. He's doing a hell of a job of it. So there's some honesty in there, some real honesty from Cordero Patterson there that he did not feel like Trubisky was that leader-type guy last season. That adds some credibility to the idea that maybe that leadership has improved now. Um I can still understand why there are doubters out there, and I've received plenty of responses to this on Twitter, of course. Um, but getting that admission of last season, I guess you could view it one of two ways. One, it adds some credibility to the idea that Patterson's seen something different now. 
or okay, we heard all this stuff last year, and as it turns out, Patterson didn't really think Trubisky's leadership was all that impactful. So what's what what who's to think it's going to be different this year? I guess yeah. it just depends on you know if you want to be positive or negative based on the the quotes there. Well, I think there's going to be overreaction and overanalysis of this quote. That's why I called it the viral quote of the day. I could already see it on certain aggregated headlines when when I tweeted it. Um, so what I did is like when we start talking about leadership and and you know the quarterback position. Like, who did Patterson play with before? Before Trubisky, it was Tom Brady. Before Tom Brady, it was uh, Derek Carr. Before Derek Carr, it was Sam Bradford. And before Sam Bradford, it was Teddy Bridgewater. So he has some experience here. Like, one with the all-time great, a couple of young guys. Teddy Bridgewater just got a new deal this year. But that's, you know, when when Patterson played with him a few years ago, he, he was a different player, you know, and dealing with all sorts of different things. Like, I, I feel like that's just... Like, he was with them in Minnesota during the injury, right? Like, so there's all sorts of stuff going on here. And I, I'm still trying to wrap my my mind around it. Maybe we should play Trubisky yep. to, 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 to further add to this conversation because, it yeah, just play Mitch because it's it's further context if this is going to be a story or a recurring story for the Bears right now. So I asked Mitch, did you sense that – you know, your teammates felt this way last year. I mean, that was essentially what I asked them, that, you know, that leadership wasn't really being felt. And if so, why are things different now? Or how did he work on it? This was Mitch's response. I think more it's just developing a relationship with every single guy uh, on every level. So I don't. I think me and Cordero are a lot closer this year than we were last year. And then as far as leadership, I think – for me, that teaches me I got to make sure I'm reaching every single guy in this offense. I'm, I'm spending individual time with them, and I'm also getting in front of the group and making sure they're they're hearing my voice and getting all the guys on the same page. But for me, at the end of the day, it's just it's just being myself and uh, making sure the guys know how much I care about them and that we're getting better and everybody's on the same page. Um, but yeah, you just got to influence the group and make sure we're all headed in the right direction. And uh, I'm I'm always looking at how I can be a better leader and, and what I need to improve on. So just having those conversations with the guys and making sh- and, and talking to every single one of them, um, there's always things that you can improve on with your leadership. So to hear that from him and just having those conversations, um, I, I know in what ways I can step up and, and make a difference. And I think that's just taking more control, being more vocal and, uh, and, 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 and being more been talking to the guys. So I think it's been positive so far. So that's a pretty long answer. I don't, I didn't, get the sense at all that Mitch was offended by this in any way. I mean, he now to be honest, I also don't think he had heard it. He was kind of hearing it secondhand from the questions that were being asked, but Hey, you know what? I look at this John says, it's like something from the preseason. We keep in our notebook and then we see how this plays out in the regular season. Absolutely. I took note of just how Trubisky was answering and handling the questions today. It, It just seems since the first zoom call, there's been more s- smiles. A- am I wrong in saying that, Adam? Like, if, if you noticed that, like, e- even today, when he's being asked about what a- what a teammate had said about him, I mean, you could take that either way, right? And he just took it in stride. He saw it as a positive. He he was smiling. Maybe he felt good about how he played today. Maybe, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I thought yeah, he was yeah. just feeling good after practice. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe that's validation to, to what we saw today is just how Mitch then carried himself into. 
you know, the, the press conference because he was the third player to, to, to meet the media. It went Nagy, Foles, Patterson, then Trubisky, and there seemed to be a little, I don't call it pep in his step, but there's, he was gracious. He, he was a little charismatic. Again, this probably means nothing, but yeah, I, I do sense there was some carryover with how he played, and he took that into how he dealt with us. Yeah, uh, I agree. Let's not make too big of a deal of this, but I think it's you know somewhat of an interesting. We certainly haven't heard any players acknowledge the fact they didn't think Trubisky was a leader last year, or didn't think he was that guy. I want to be you know fair to Patterson on the words, but uh, you know we'll just see where that goes. Uh, we do have to take a quick time out here though to tell you about Fubo. Dot TV, uh, and this is one of your good options if you're if you're cutting the cord. And there's there's many different options for you here within Fubo T- TV. You could push for the family plan where three people can watch at once. The standard base plan gets you two screens at once. And right now they're offering 15% off your first month when you sign up. 30 hours uh, of DVR. You get your local broadcast. Look, we know this is a tough time for a lot of folks dealing with this COVID-19 pandemic, but you could save money. $50 more affordable than any other cable providers right now. And NBC Sports is included on the uh, national feed as I sit here in my NBC Sports polo today. With the NFL season around the corner, Fubo.tv will not disappoint. Stay updated on your favorite teams as well as local broadcast news. So go to Fubo.tv slash athletic today. Get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. That's Fubo.tv slash athletic. Start your first month today. All right, Johns, I think we should finish things off here just with some uh, any other takeaways from the first couple days. I mean, we've covered a, a lot. Cole Komet, to go back to what we were saying earlier about that throw in the corner of the end zone, the, the placement from Trubisky, mm-hmm. like you saw how fired up Trubisky was about that throw as it was sailing, and you know then you saw his reaction at, when it went off Cole Komet's hands. But the kid, the rookie is going to have a place immediately in this offense. That is very apparent to me right now. Just, it's different than Adam Shaheen's growth process. Did you sense that maybe, I know the coaching staffs are different, but he's being thrown right in there with the best players. He's being thrown right in there, you know, one-on-ones against the Bears starters. Look, I know Jarrell Freeman once praised what Adam Shaheen was doing in OTAs with the shorts on. Remember that? <laughs> what a sentence that was. I know Jerome Freeman once praised Adam Shaheen when the shorts were on. I just was not anticipating that. I didn't think that was the next thought bubble coming out of your head. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard my headphones fell off. But that happened. He yes, liked the shorts. Yes, that happened. Yeah. Made it not, may, may have not, may, that did not sound right. It may have come out of my mouth wrong. No, it didn't. It just I wasn't I I wasn't expecting a Jarrell Freeman recall there. Yes. That's all. But just going back to like first impressions, like as we get, like you see that second round tight end, and now you got this other second round tight end, Cole Komet. 
at least in initial impressions, my first impression is a lot different. Like this player, Cole Komet, is different than Adam Shaheen. Oh, he's way more fluid and smooth with his athleticism. Um, look, here's what's good. The, the, he, he put himself in position the last two days on balls downfield to make plays. Okay, he didn't make the play. Now, that's the part where he's got to come down with the football. He had a drop, and you know, I, I, today was more of a borderline drop, but the ball was there, and it was a good ball. Like, make the play. But the fact he's open is a good sign. Um, there was a false start yesterday. The, the, I think the, there was another one today. They like getting on him. Yeah. Like, like jeering him and razzing him a bit. So, Both guess what? He looks like a rookie. So now you see how he reacts to it. Is you know is he going to have his confidence shattered? Is he going to continue you know to get over that hump and make those plays? I think that's the storyline here in the first couple of days. Uh, you know he's the Bears' first pick. You'd like to see him involved in the offense early. So um, I do think he's in a good room. What did Trubisky call it? The rejuvenated tight ends room. Yeah, easy to see that translate on the field. Yeah, very easy to see that as as balls are being thrown. <laughs> You know, from tight end, 40 yards across the field, and balls are spiked. There was a dunk over the upright today. That's a Jimmy Graham special. That's a Jimmy Graham special. So that was happening out there today at Hal's Hall. In terms of other rookies, Darnell Mooney, um, he's showing up. I want to see more of Jalen Johnson. Uh, Yeah, maybe. Well, now we will, I think. Yeah, yeah. Now with Artie Burns out, um, maybe we'll get another, uh, or he'll get a better taste of what he can do against uh, the Bears' best receiver. So. Looking forward, like that's on my notes. Like, watch Jalen Johnson more. Um, one really, really good sign. How good Akeem Hicks looked in some live run. It was like, yeah, you call that live yesterday, right? And it looked Today, like a, yeah. like a live at the line of scrimmage, but not if you get past the line of scrimmage. Like it wasn't full live, but it was at the line of scrimmage, and uh, ninety six continues to be a beast. And I was actually encouraged with Bolal Nichols too at nose tackle. So those were some good signs. Uh, I don't know if it's just what's in the air in August, um, but I think it's the third straight August. We've seen some snap issues with Cody Whitehair. Yeah. The good news is once the regular season starts, other than maybe they're not perfect strikes every single time, um, the bad mistakes tend to go away. So I'm not expecting that to continue to be an issue, but I don't know what it is about August and snaps, but here we are again. Yeah. I'm not too worried about that. to be honest with you, the way he changed his, his snapping, when did he do that? Two years ago? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it, it seems to... That was in be, Denver. Yeah, it seemed, Yeah, was that last year? No, two, two years, years ago in Denver years ago, was yeah. when it was a real big issue. Yeah, so yeah. he seems to be more comfortable with it. People forget, like, he never snapped before he was thrust into that position <laughs> not not too long, long ago. We're, we're, our, our minds are mush today here. Um, other notes, um, the run game. Like just because Akeem Hicks is having success and uh, Bilal Nichols is having success, like people are overreacting. I, I think when you when you share notes about what they're doing to the offensive line, in my experience, the the offensive line always takes a little bit longer to to, to get going. But Juan Castillo is all over these guys. You know, he was not as boisterous today. Yesterday, he was more vocal. But yeah, I imagine those meetings that they have with him you know, as they review film are not too kind for some of these players. I think with most of these competitions, by the time we get to week one, we're going to have a pretty good idea of who the starter should be or will be. Um, I think the thing, more so than anything else, that we are going to still not really have answers for 
is how this Bears running game, which was god-awful last year, gets going. Because without preseason games, without live tackling, like real live tackling, it is too hard to see. It, and I think they're trying to simulate that, simulate that with more live run Done. sessions. It's not the same, and it's gonna, and especially because you're going up against the best run defense, one of the best run defenses. I think even with Eddie Goldman not in there, um, I, I really have. I don't think we're gonna know until they line up against the Detroit Lions what this rushing attack looks like and what kind of success they'll, they'll have. For, for whatever, I, I made note of at least two run plays today. Oh, there's room there. One was by David Montgomery. The other one was Cohen coming our way. I'm like, oh, that's a hole. And, yeah, maybe it was closed uh, quickly, but there was a gain there of at least five or six yards. And, again, things are different because the contact isn't there at the end. You know, maybe Cohen does something or maybe the play was called too early. But there were, there were at least some signs. They're like, oh, there's a hole. There's there's That, that was better than yesterday. That, that wasn't there yesterday. So that was to the left side. That wasn't there yesterday. So, there seems to be some gradual improvement. It's August 18th. There's going to be overreactions. Um, give them time to figure things out. Uh, look, I've been waiting months to overreact, okay? <laughs> yes, yes. <yeah>. There's been <laughs> there's live football in front of us. I'm going to overreact, damn it. It's been fun. Yes, yes. I'm fired up. It's good up. to see, like, the reactions on Twitter. Like, uh, you know, people are ornery. You know, everybody's... You know, up in arms about certain things, you know, reporters, media, and, and fans. It's just, uh, it's fun. It's, it's a good sense of normalcy. It's normalcy, Adam. Well, Nagy came over to us before practice. I think he said it to J.J. Stankovitz. Fire up, J.J. He did. He did. I can't hear you. And then he walks away. <laughs> and then, yeah, then he told Dan Weeder he, he couldn't hear him. Yes. When, when he clearly could. Um. Okay. That's fun. Good stuff. We'll have more for you on Thursday. Uh, Bears have an off day tomorrow in terms of practices, but we're going to hear from the coordinators and assistants again. Yeah, more uh, context for the conversation. We'll hear from Flip and Juan Castillo, and maybe we'll, we'll get Mike practice Furry. To watch. We'll maybe yes. we'll get Mike Furry and Deshaun uh, Townsend to talk some smack to each other yeah, yeah. over that'll, Zoom calls. That'll be a fun podcast. Um, and whatever happens, we'll bring it to you later in the week. We'll have more observations for you. It's good to have football back. I hope it stays back. So far, so good. Cross your fingers uh, with everything. We haven't been talking too much about the COVID-19 protocol or issues with it because, again, knock on wood, there haven't been any. hasn't been like Major League Baseball yet. I'm still skeptical uh, without a true bubble, but it seems like uh, the Bears are taking it seriously, and most teams are. So hopefully that continues to be the case. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Uh, read Johnsy and Kevin Fishbane over on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You should be subscribed. My stuff is up at NBCSportsChicago.com. Got quarterback reports in the first couple days, and uh, those will continue. Please rate and review the podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. Hope everyone's safe and healthy. We'll talk to you later in the week. See ya. Who's the best um, meat smoker of your offensive line? Um, what do you mean by meat smoker?